you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a peek into a masterclass that I did inside the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. Each month, club members help me decide on a masterclass topic, which usually begins with my explanation of some concepts and foundation knowledge, and then we move into practice time and some guided coaching for those members who attend the class live. This particular masterclass went into the basics of using toy play as reinforcement for your cat's and dog's training. Let's take a listen. are going to play with toys and play can be a really really powerful form of reinforcement for a lot of animals for some more than food so let's get into it before we talk about non-food reinforcement we have to talk about what is reinforcement so reinforcement is a consequence that follows comes after an animal's behavior that increases the likelihood of that behavior occurring in the future. In other words, it's something that your animal wants to work for. That's an easier definition in my mind. So what do I mean by work in this case? It's anything that your animal does that leads to a favorable outcome. So it might be responding to your cue. It might be a instinctual reaction to the environment or seeking fulfillment of an internal need. Their body needs something and they're going to do behaviors in order to make that happen. And what do I mean by something? (laughs) The something isn't as much the thing that they want itself, but the act of getting the thing that they want. So we tend to say stuff like, my dog will sit for a treat. But that's actually just shorthand for my dog will sit to obtain and eat a treat. So you can think about reinforcement as an event rather than a thing. So what kind of events are we talking about here? There are three main types of reinforcing events that tend to motivate an animal's behavior. And they can be broadly categorized based on how much control we have over the beginning and end of our animal's access to those events. So there's events that we have absolutely no control over. They will start and end regardless of what we do. There's events that we have total control over. Our own actions bring about the beginning and end of these reinforcing events. And there are some that we only have some control over where we usually can control when the animals obtain access or when the reinforcement events starts, but we might have a tenuous hold on the end of the event. So we're gonna dive into these a bit more in detail. We're gonna focus quickly on the reinforcement events that we have no control over. These can be a little tricky to identify. One example of reinforcement events that we have no control over is the set of behaviors that an animal does to satisfy physical needs. So example, elimination. Animals will do behaviors, for example, crouching to access a reinforcing event, which 
is feeling relief in their bladder. So this is like kind of weird. We don't really think about that this way, but it's a reinforcing event to feel not like you have to pee anymore. <laughs> but we can't control when our animals do bodily stuff and um, we shouldn't want to either. I mean, like we can generally say we don't want them to pee in the house, but you know, if they have to, then they do. Maybe they're not feeling well or they're stressed. There are also situations when an animal is interacting with stuff in the natural environment and we have no physical access to our animal to be able to control their behavior. So in our case here of this cat toying with the butterfly, we cannot control the movement of the butterfly and we don't have a hold on the cat. So we can't prevent the cat from doing whatever behaviors they're doing to obtain access to this fun, flying, living toy. Another example is an off-leash dog sees mud and really wants to roll in it. Even though they might have been told not to, they really want to roll in the mud. And there's no way for us to totally control whether he gets access to the mud. And short of going in and dragging him out, we can't ensure the end of the his access to the mud. Now, we can try with practicing really, really good recalls, but even the best recall cue isn't 100% reliable, so we don't have full control over when this event starts and ends. So since we don't have a lot of control over these types of reinforcers, they're really hard to try to use in training. So... We're gonna put those aside. We're not gonna be talking much more about those right now. On the other end of the spectrum are the reinforcement events that we have complete control over. And these are what we're gonna be working on today. By the way, the reinforcement events that we have some control over are super interesting and they're very powerful in training. So stay tuned for a future class about those. But first we're gonna start today with the easy stuff. Stuff we have total control over. So here are the main types of reinforcement events that we can easily dictate when they start and when they end for our animals. Eating, meals and treats, playing with toys, getting attention and praise from us, and some kind of physical contact with us, petting them, personal play. And using these types of reinforcement are super convenient for training. First, we're gonna touch on food. And it's our go-to strategy because it has a clear start and end. The start of the reinforcement event is the food goes in their mouth. The end of the reinforcement event is that the food is swallowed. It is no longer present in the environment. And the great thing about food, we can usually find multiple levels of value to use strategically in training. So your animal is going to like a few different types of food and you can use some lower value for some stuff and some higher value for others. And the big bonus is that most animals don't need to be taught how to eat. We do teach specific food skills to use in training, but you don't need those to do some beginning training. These qualities make food reinforcement an accessible option for trainers and pets who are new to training. You don't have to harp on food skills in order for people to teach their dog some basic stuff, teach their cat to come to the food dish when it is placed down, for example. So here's where the fun part starts. Using play to reinforce behaviors is extremely powerful 
And the concept, luckily, is very similar to using food, so it's easy for us to conceptualize how to do it. Like eating, we can also completely control the start and end of the playing event. And we can use different toys and different games for various types and difficulties of behaviors that we want to train. And since we don't want to be training our animals when they are stressed, and play is a behavior that tends to disappear during times of stress, using play as reinforcement during training is a really useful thing to keep us honest as trainers about how close our animals are to their threshold during our training sessions and setups. So some animals are like, I will go to the ends of the earth for a treat, even though I really am terrified. But most animals will cease play much earlier than that. So we would not be pushing them too far past their comfort zone if they won't play. Now, most animals don't come out of the box knowing how to play in a way that's useful for training, though. So we do need to teach them the rules around play, which can be broken down into basically when to take the toy and how to give it up readily so that you can go on to the next repetition in your training. Now, the main difference between playing and eating is that when the food is swallowed, the event is done because the food is no longer present. With toy play, the event ends when the animal gives up the toy, but because the toy is still there and exciting, the presence is you know, still motivating for the animal, we need to teach them to readily give up the toy. So let's talk toy skills. When we're talking about toy skills here, we're usually referring to possession-based toy play, and there's a generally consistent structure to this type of play, no matter which of these games you're playing at the moment. So the three most common possession-based toy play games used in training are tug, which can be defined as any game where both you and the animal maintain hold on the toy itself. Fetch, which can be any game where you let go of the toy and the animal grabs it and returns it to you to play again. And then keep away or wand toy or flirt pull, which is any game where you maintain hold of the toy and you move it away from the animal to entice them to grab it. There are many variations on each of those themes, but those are the general games that we play in this situation. This type of play has a framework that is pretty consistent and it goes something like this. The human gives the cue to the animal that the toy is available and then presents it to the animal in some way. The animal then does some behaviors to obtain and then possess the toy. The human then lets the animal know that they need to let the toy go. The animal gives up the toy and then the toy goes back into the possession of the human. And then this cycle repeats for as many reps as you want to keep playing. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode made you think, if you had an aha moment, or if you just like the dulcet tones of my voice, please subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. I'd also recommend checking out episode 33, where I did a deep dive into food-based reinforcement. It's a theme. And if you want access to these masterclasses live, you can join the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. 
membership in the club is included in all of my private training programs. So head to praiseworthypets.com quiz to learn which private training program is the best for you and your pets. And that's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. I will see you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. Oh,